0: It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. If you refuse to support the capitalist war machine,
1: they will follow your example. And if the workers of the world stand together, the war can be stopped.
2: Он говорит, что если мы, все рабочие объединимся, то это in Он нам привет
0: от
2: what a great movie that was Red. Warren Beatty, Diane Keaton, uh, Americans who, like, passionately defend the revolution against the czars, uh, and that eventually led to Bolsheviks ruling, Vladimir Lenin, and then to realize, well, you know, if I'm a Jew, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you, wanted <laughs> look, it, you wanted, Look it? at Trotsky, he ended up with a hatchet <laughs> in the back of his head in Mexico City.
1: You know what I remember about that? That movie, and I saw it when I was relatively young. I I remember them sitting during the war, the Russian, and they're sitting and eating an onion hole to fight scurvy. They're just sitting with a knife and fork, just eating a whole onion as their meal. Yeah,
2: that's what they used to do at sea. Scurvy would kill and disable more semen than anything else, even in wartime. Scurvy was a a plague almost. But anyway, the reason we're playing this coming in is because overnight – the Wagner leader orders his soldiers to return to his bases. They have their two areas in Russian-held uh, territory. He's threatened to go right to Moscow to take out Putin and all of his uh, generalissimos. But please, do not embrace this guy. And do not embrace Putin, because they, they're together forever. They're killers. They're marauders. They've made a pact with the devil, both of them and now one is turning on the other so just because one may prevail or at least cause a stalemate in the war with ukraine you're not getting a better egg uh, out of this guy this guy is a fug
1: and also he wasn't marching on moscow because he wanted to have free and open elections and withdraw from ukraine no, he no. was arguing he wanted more weaponry and he you know his only beef with putin all along has been that it was a poorly planned thing and that the, the foundation for the right. But he was more than willing to take the money to go in there and bring his troops in there. And to his troops, to his troops, they were probably told we're marching there to get better rations. They're probably told. Yeah, and, to the, and to Putin's troops, it's like, yeah, we want to be like this Wagner guy who, who like stands up for his troops. It, it, you know, yeah. And, and, and one other thing I mentioned this on the news that's emerging now, it looked like Putin blinked.
2: He had to. He had to.
1: I I guess so. I guess so. But, you know, you only have 25,000 or so Wagner troops. But I guess Putin said, I can't have warfare on the streets of Russia. That's that's not possible.
2: No, because then he'll get sacked. He knows that. That's the recipe of the czars. You fire on your own people and you will die, just like the czar and his family died. Remember when they dragged him into the basement and shot them all in the back of their heads and took off with their Fabergé eggs? So history indicates when you deal with mercenaries, and we've certainly dealt with our fair share of mercenaries, America has, in all of our wars. Uh, In fact, if not for the Brits using mercenaries in our Revolutionary War, they used the Hessians, the Germans. The Germans had no loyalty to the Brits. They were paid well. That's why they fought for the Brits. But if they had sent British regular troops of his majesty, the outcome might have been different. Because they had a loyalty, to, you want to call it the motherland, the fatherland. Mercenaries worship only one thing, money. They fight for money. So you look at Wagner, and Putin has used them in Syria. Putin has used them in Libya. Putin has used them in West Africa, in the Belgian Congo, wherever he does not want to send regular Russian troops because they would object and they get paid extraordinarily well. They extort, they kill, they rape, they pillage, they rob. They're the worst. They're like uh, they're like uh, Genghis Khan, remember?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, never mind. You don't have to go back in history. The war crimes that this Wagner group has committed in Ukraine, they committed in Africa. We see these videos
2: that are playing over and over again of what they did in Syria. These guys, these are bad guys. Now, a lot of people don't remember when Donald Trump was president. A group of Wagner mercenaries attacked the U.S. troops in Syria. It was reported. Apparently, the United States troops killed hundreds of these Wagner mercenaries. The Wagner people wanted Putin to do something about that because they were overwhelmed by just American firepower, aerial firepower, mortars, howitzers, and just the ability of the American troops. Nothing was ever done about that because Putin realized, hey, You know, you mercenaries, i got to keep you on a short leash. You're attacking U.S. troops? Are you out of your mind? You're there to deal with ISIS. You're there to deal with the other rebels. You're not there to go to war against the United States. We have similar interests there. So he pulled their chain. But in the Ukraine, this guy has become a cult hero because he's used social networking, which is not being blocked by Putin and the Russians. He's using the same means of getting his message out. And a lot of Russians just yeah, this is the tough guy. Yeah, this is the guy who gets results. Well, but also look at the way
1: the last 7, 8, 12 hours have played out. This guy was masterful, right? Now he looks like the good guy because everyone was freaked out in, 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 in Russia, everywhere from the equivalent of Philadelphia to New York. Like he was going down the I-95 corridor basically. Now he looks like he extracted this concession which makes him look powerful, and he leaves by saying, I would never harm anyone, any Russian, I would never harm. This guy has done a great job. On the other hand, Putin may have fled. There were rumors that he left Moscow. He's, sur- he's, gave up the def- the, the, he's made concessions about the defense ministry, which would be the equivalent of Montana marching on Washington, and Biden saying, okay, I'll fire the interior well, secretary because you let's, want me to.
2: Let's make a Republican analogy. You want to be Speaker McCarthy? Any one of us can call. For your uh, expulsion. So when your back is to the wall, and in this case, I think Putin was wise enough to understand that he now is a heroic figure to a lot of Russians because he's saying we could have won this war. If only you would have given us a chance. You know who also followed this script? General MacArthur. General MacArthur was stripped of his command in Korea, thank God, by Harry Truman. Because he wanted to drop a nuclear bomb. On the Red Chinese. He said, let's finish this. We drop the bomb and then we push our troops in. He recalled him. MacArthur was going to go out and campaign against Truman. Truman convinces Eisenhower, hey, look, you're the more moderate, level-headed guy. Why don't you become a Democrat and follow me? And he said, no, I'm not a Democrat. And then remember, Ike ran for the Republican Republican nomination. A much more moderate figure than General MacArthur, who was like... Totally in his own idolatry. You know, it's the cult of well, you, you know, and, and again, you don't have to go that
1: far back. Look at this guy, Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn gets gets sacked by in the Obama administration yes. for being half a whack job. Yes. And now he's made a career of going out and saying, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. You, all these things he wished he was able to do and as a general.
2: a Hessian. And I'll explain it. In my campaign against Fernando Mateo for the Republican nomination to become mayor, he hired Michael Flynn's son, who then said, I'll get you my daddy. So Lieutenant uh, General Michael Flynn went everywhere. Curtis is no good. He's a dirtbag. He's a rhino. He's a, a never-Trumper. Okay, I accept that. I accept that, and I'll still crush this SOB, which I did seventy thirty. But the point was, he was a mercenary. He was a Hessian. You have money? Lieutenant right. uh, General Flint—they're all like that. They, they, stop believing these people. Follow the money. Many of them are mercenaries. The exactly. Well, you know,
1: but and you know, and again, and I—I I gave you a hat tip this morning when I started my program this afternoon because the same generals that have been on and a hundred percent wrong since February of 2022, these same guys are on, and not once. Does it say in 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 in, in the, the the chronograph below their name has been wrong 81 percent of the time, like it would if they were Completely. baseball players? same guys.
2: It's same guys. And the, and, and the guys. TV generals. First of all, you find out that they all have side hustles. In which they have been employed by Fortune 500 companies that are part of the military industrial complex, which President Eisenhower warned us about when he left his presidency and we awaited the outcome of Nixon versus JFK. He said, beware of the military industrial complex. When you see all these guys, our guy here, right? He's he's on more than me, Chang. Right? right. <laughs> Chang has a nonprofit. right? He's always predicting that Red China is going to declare right. nuclear war on us. at the end of the world. This guy's been doing this since 2012. World War Three has been declared right. on Talk Radio well, 77 ba- about
1: who- 200 times. Who's
2: bankrolling <laughs> him? All these generals, right? You find out that Blackstone, which are mercenaries... Blackstone one of the largest corporation in America are American mercenaries who would turn on our country in a heartbeat if the money was right. But you know the the but the thing that troubles me is it's the
1: is these media people have them on and never once do they say you've gotten everything wrong up to now. Or how come when the last time you were on with us, you didn't warn us that this was a possibility? It really is amazing. I mean, I, I you know I I follow some people. You know, the good thing about Twitter is I follow some people who are there by the front, and they say, okay, we're totally surprised. We're totally taken off. Here. That's fine. People are going to get stuff wrong, but it's the limitations. That we never acknowledge in our knowledge, in in our in our knowledge and our ability to see around. And the former
2: border. former CIA officials who haven't been right about anything. Bay of Pigs, right with Cuba, wrong. Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, wrong. Taliban will take at least a year, year and a half before they sweep into Kabul, wrong. They get, uh, as Daniel Patrick Moynihan, the U.S. senator, said, you must eliminate the CIA. CIA stands for criminals in action. They have an open checkbook. They report to nobody. You give them a bag of cash like when we invaded Afghanistan, rightfully so, and then they start giving out the money to the tribesmen. Five dollars for you, five dollars for me. There's no accountability. And notice in Afghanistan, talk about mercenaries, the same tribesmen who worked for us, right, to get rid of the Taliban and go after Osama bin Laden. Two years later, the Taliban came up with the money, the Pakistanis, and they worked for them. Yeah. They're mercenaries. And, They're and,
1: the, and then the other side of the coin is people believe our ability in these wild theories about how we're in charge of everything. The CIA is out manipulating. The CIA can't figure their way out of a paper bag. They couldn't see 9-11 happening when, when 15 Saudis got on a plane. I mean, the, the idea—we have to come to grips with the idea— that while we like to feel comforted in the idea that our government is all-powerful and all-knowing and whatever else it is, it's really we should not confuse coincidence with conspiracy. We, if we ever get anything right, it's, it's more of a surprise than otherwise.
2: And right now, you better believe there are CIA officials saying, you see, well, we, got, we got the Wagner guy. You know, We got him. Yeah. We got the pipeline. Don't worry. We need more money. We need more money. We're bribing them. We're bribing them. And how do we know? They have an open checkbook. They have, as you know, having served in government, they don't answer to anybody. And look who all the CIA directors were. Remember Bush 41 was the CIA director? And who did he recommend that his son, Bush 43, take as the CIA director? He said, you know, George Tennant did an excellent job for Bill Clinton's son. You should take George Tennant. George Tennant. Who went to Bronx High School of Science, whose brother is a dentist over in Astoria, took the, the bus to Bronx <laughs> High School of Science. He and Colin Powell, in front of the General Assembly of the United Nations, two graduates of public high school in New York City, made the case we needed to go to war against Saddam Hussein because of weapons of mass destruction. It was all based on CIA lies. Lies, and I, lies. And I gotta tell you,
1: and I was in, I told the story on the air, I was in the map room in the White House. I had to leave my phone outside. I had a sign. I had to swear on an oath that I would never tell anyone. They hold up a piece of tubing and said, you know what this is? And I said, mm. it looks like a piece of tubing. <laughs> and George Tennant says to me, that tubing is a piece of nuclear hardware that was being smuggled in. And mm. I'm like, wow, that's, it is. I that's had no it. idea. And that's the way these guys roll. But I mean, we, but as consumers of news, as people who watch our TV today and see these guys saying things with certainty, that we know they, they, they we, we want to be comforted let by me, the idea. Let,
2: let me let me advise our listeners: you like to Google everything. When Gordon Chang comes on for the nine thousand eight hundred and fifty second time to predict, you know uh, Armageddon, you know with the red Chinese, Google who are his funders? Where does he get his money from for his foundation? All these TV and radio generals there was because they come right out of central casting. What were they as generals? And look at their side hustles—how right. they are on board of directors of Fortune 500 con- uh, companies that are part of the military-industrial complex. They want war. War is good for the profit line. If you're a, if you're part of the military-industrial complex, you ain't making a lot of money when there's peace, but when there's war. Oh my god, the when, profits are flowing.
1: When you leave the military, if you're if you're no good at your job, you go to work at a think tank. If you're good at your job, then you go to work for a defense company. That's it. That's you don't, you know, you you you're not going to to sell insurance, you're not you know, you're not going to kind of put a aluminum siding on buildings. What you're doing is going to work for a defense contractor to and, give them
2: advice. And remember, your job is to get money out of the government. Now, how do you do that? You must create an atmosphere of fear. They are evil, they are out to destroy us. You don't understand. We spent our whole lives researching them, following them. Meantime, they're getting wine down and pocket lined out there by these Fortune 500 companies. Don't believe the hype, follow the money. This guy, this Wagner Group guy is a, as uh, Trump would say, a bad hombre. Well, you
1: know, the the, the other thing to, to keep in mind about this is that these guys, when they go out and speak about stuff, they can't, they have to act like they know it all, right? That's what they're being put on of TV course. for. They know so, nothing. So you never hear them, you never hear them acknowledging that they got stuff wrong. And the other thing is, you've heard the expression, fighting the last war. That's literally is literally generals that they're talking about that expression. That expression is all generals know is what they've been trained for the last 50 years to know and understand. And these things are constantly changing. I'd almost rather get like some guy who who runs the 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 Russian version of a bodega on the TV to say what's going on, because he would probably have more insight than our general. Ask generals.
2: yourself whether a Democratic or Republican administration. When is the last time these guys were right? John Bolton. Bursting into Donald Trump's office when he was president, his national security director. The Iranians took down our drone over the Straits of Hormuz. Mr. President, you must respond. You must respond. We cannot look like we're impotent to the Ayatollahs. He said, well, what's, what's comparable in this? It wasn't a man drone. What's the comparability? You want me to kill hundreds of Iranians? Thank God Donald Trump said, get out of my office now, you warmonger. Because that's all John Bolton and these guys want. Yeah. Well, remember, uh, Joe Lieberman, John McCain, and Lindsey Graham, they would travel the world looking for places with, to get us involved in war.
1: With Hillary Clinton. That's right. And when Obama comes along, who is did not have his head up the butt of that kind of thinking— he, he just had a little bit of distance from him and said, wait a minute. I don't owe, owe any allegiance to these relationships and this thing. And he said, I can just doesn't smell right. And he wound up being a better a better judge of that and ultimately won the presidency Look, because Libya, of
2: it. Libya, they all want it. Bush, 43, convinced him to give up his nuclear arsenal. What a schmuck, what a putz. You give up your nuclear weapons, it's over. Look at the Ukraine. They gave up their nuclear weapons, right? You give it up, and boy, they're going to get you. The point is, can we really say that Libya is better off now? It's all tribal. There are all these distant and dissident factions. Wagner is in there making money hand over fist as paid mercenaries. And they'll go from one side to the other side, one side to the other side. Whoever pays them puts food in their belly and shoes on their feet. So the short answer is, when someone says
1: to you tomorrow, why did Wagner march halfway to Mexico and then turn around? at Mexico, Moscow, and then turn around? For the money,
2: of course. Absolutely follow the money. That's why they're called mercenaries. That's the definition of a mercenary is pay for play. We will serve whoever pays us the best. We could kill them today, and if they pay us more tomorrow, we'll kill you who paid us the day before. Anyway, up next, guidance here. Your guy, Eric Adams, claims that on four different occasions, God has spoken to him directly. Uh, I need to know because I know you ran for mayor. I don't ever remember you saying Hashem talking to you. I certainly know that God never could talk to me. And I know why, because you know how often I said, God damn! So God is not going to talk to me. But. Maybe somehow you can explain this because some people, some of his own supporters, are beginning to say, "Wow, Eric Adams is bugging out right here on left versus Mischief right." Now that's right, Michigan now. <laughs> Anthony Weiner, Curtis Lee, exclusively here on WABC.
0: <laughs> it's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest. 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest. 77 WABC.
2: last Sunday on the stage of the Lennox Road Baptist Church Black Baptist Church in Flatbush Brook on an area you're very familiar with Anthony yes the mayor was asked to give a Father's Day presentation and he all of a sudden briefly addressed his son Jordan and the importance of fathers and then immediately started recalling how God had spoken to him 30 years before he was sworn into office on January 1st of 2022. We all saw it was right when the ball was dropping. He was surrounded by family and friends. Uh, Dick Clark... uh, 30 years ago. Right, the Dick Clark uh, hour didn't have him on. None of them had him on. But it was right after the ball dropped. And he said that 30 years before, 1992, God had woken him up in a cold sweat and had said, Eric on January 1st, 2022, you will be the mayor of New York City. Now, remember, that was right in the middle of the race between uh, Dinkins and Giuliani, and he vacillated. Because remember, he briefly was a Republican at that time. And by the way, God was busy. We had the Crown Heights riots. Yes. We We had a lot going on. But God purposely reached out to Eric Adams. So he told that story, and then as the crowd got into it, I'm telling you, it was amazing, Anthony. Hey, where's my choral chant? More music here. Come on, I need the spirit in me here. These guys, man, they're heathens. You know, they haven't been to church in a month of Sundays. If you ever walked into church, lightning would strike you guys. But anyway, the point is, you know how the crowd gets into it, right? Right. And say, he said, months after I was sworn into office, God came to me again and told me I had the responsibility every night to write down in my journal all the things that needed to be improved in the city. And he would guide me to choose the right persons to serve in government. Like Eric Ulrich, you know, who might as well have been a member of the Banano right. Crime I'm Family. I'm come on, come on. on, you know that it's built. Talking about God talking, we don't need to soil anyone else. Yeah, yet. well he soiled. But the point being is, God guided his hand. And he left us with the impression that he has had a <laughs> God has uh, dipped into him now four times and has guided him, and he said, you should all be happy that God has chosen me for these very difficult times. Now, normally, if you weren't the mayor, people might say, are you a schizophrenic? Are you having a hallucinogenic no, reaction? I mean, uh, what, what I mean this, people, people,
1: people, God speaks to many of us, Right. And I believe that God speaks to us through other people, and sometimes I'll hear something that someone says and say, that's brilliant, think that that's God's voice, et cetera. I am, I have no problem with him believing that he owes God a great deal for him being there. But the way he's putting it is God owes him. Yes. Like, he's like, he was reached in 1992, God said, you're going to be married, don't screw this up now, don't make me look bad. Right, right. Um... But I am curious, and he I don't know if he's been asked this yet, did God tell him he, who he'd be running against? No. Did they say, you think that God would have put that in to get some opposition research ready, to kind yeah. of have a little sense of what was, that you were completely left out of God's vision? God didn't in, didn't see, because there's no way God would have seen the 1992. No, no, I you red
2: for beret, right? <laughs> right? Remember, I no way. Fully in no charge way. of the guardian angels, my red sateen jacket. God had to have noticed me, but... Forget me. You had about nine Democrats running against him in the primary. They had ranked choice voting. He had a number of cycles he had to
1: get through. All right. But in, in all, all kidding aside, I don't think there's anything wrong if you're saying that nothing happens in God's world by accident. I'm fine with him saying that everything right here as we sit here today, everything's exactly as it's supposed to be in God's world. I get that. I don't mind that. But he was reiterated that, again. But that's what
2: he was saying. God told him there should be no separation between church and state. That's the basic fundamental. I know, but God, God is the foremost lobbyist
1: for for more religion and state. I mean, that's his job. God is supposed to be advocating. So he's
2: found a willing partner in Eric Adams, who will. But what does he do? This is what I haven't figured out. At night, he is the mayor.
1: I'm assuming that. God was not talking to him when he hired Sewell. 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 That part God was not involved in.
2: Possibly, possibly. Or maybe
1: God did not CC on the memo Sewell to say, all right. That's right,
2: that's right. (laughs) But let's face it, at night he goes up to the Club Zero Bond. He acknowledges it almost every night. A private club where whatever happens is...
1: Is Christian authorized to, to bring down the... The, well, the, the this is this the point? problem.
2: No, this is the problem because God waits down in the SUV with the intel division from the NYPD. That's uh, Eric's security while Eric goes up. And then when he comes down, does God ask him what ungodly things went on up there? Because we know godly things never happen in a club after night. twelve uh, I, midnight.
1: I am. We're at the we're at the we're getting close to blasphemy and I don't want to be involved in blasphemy because you got the rev and the rabbi coming up tomorrow and I don't want to make sure he but here look it is it is totally fine and people say this all the time that there is nothing happens by mistake in God's world and therefore, here we are. He's the mayor. We're on the radio. Everything's exactly right. You, supposed to you
2: be. are not the best prepared to discuss, discuss this, or I, Reverend A.R. Bernard and Rabbi no. Joe Potasnik. No,
1: people can have God in their lives. No. I don't have any problem I with that. I
2: understand, but I asked them to discuss that on their show tomorrow, which follows me. Uh, and they said, no, we we'll, we'll, we might deal with it By next week. By the way, week. you haven't taken over that hour yet? No, I <laughs> will, because they're refusing to discuss an issue that I brought up over and over all week, but religion on the line with Reverend A.R. Bernard, friend of Eric Adams, Rabbi Joe Potashnik, friend. By the way, they haven't taken any of the migrants yet. I you noticed know, that. They, they love to praise the mayor, but they won't actually do what the mayor is suggesting, taking migrants.
1: Because Reverend Bernard only has about 9,000 square feet, not even counting the parking lot. A
2: church, 5,000 seats. He's got more than enough space. But it's always, as you know, do as I say, not as I do. And then finally, when it comes to the city, we now see Eric Adams never told us that he was shipping migrants to China, that he was shipping (laughs) them to other countries. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. He's not shipping them.
1: What is he doing? All he's doing is saying, if you guys want to leave, we'll help you leave, which is an excellent strategy. Both you and I would be doing the exact same Wait thing.
2: Wait a second. He's he-
1: not shipping them anywhere. He's saying, if you want to go, they want to go to Texas. They want to go to Florida. They want to go there because that's where the jobs are and that's where it's warm. That's where they want to go. So all the, the city is doing is saying, if you want to find transfer somewhere else, amen. China? I don't know how the China part works out. Well, really? Are they really sending someone yes, to
2: China? China.
1: then political, right?
2: Okay, you got to read up
1: on it. I, I, I read that story. I didn't see the China yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, China. Oh, we're going to have
2: to continue to pivot and shiv.
1: <laughs> yeah, period. period, period I, I can't even say it.
2: Pivot and shiv. China. China. <laughs> Mainland China <laughs> he's sending people to. That's, that's, that's a long flight. That's not cheap. That's a long flight. That costs a lot of coin.
1: And we're paying for this. Uh, yeah, we, but well, we're paying one way or the other. I am totally on board with paying them to go to another city. Out, China.
2: So basically, we we bring them here for a cup of coffee if they're not. We didn't happy, bring
1: them here. Remember, these guys are being shipped very often because under false pretenses, told that they're going to be able to work. Told, you know, if they want to come to New York and leave, rather than us have to put them up in 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 uh, on on the third floor of of Eric Adams' uh, uh, um, 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 walk up in in. in yeah, he in he, he won't take
2: any uh, of the migrants that is uh, brownsville. So, by the way. Let's not forget the generosity of Catholic charities using our federal tax dollars to suggest that they come to New York to fill up the churches so that Cardinal Dolan can actually say, we've added to the flock instead of losing 36% of Roman Catholics. It is part of the faith. And of both of our
1: religions believe in yes. helping the helping migrants helping the dispossessed helping the displaced oh. Jesus Christ was a refugee oh, I just want to point that that's out
2: That's right but Jesus Christ was a Jew Remember, he was never a Christian. <laughs> Remember that.
1: Yeah, so therefore he
2: what? He died to Jew. you. <laughs> therefore what? Therefore what?
1: I'm not saying the immigrants have to, the migrants have to wear the, the thorny crown of humiliation. They just have to, oh, but they're here. Nah. All of our faith says that they we're supposed it, to look like, after them. come here,
2: they get, get to stay in a hotel, they get to sample New York, and then if they're not happy, hey, where can I go next? Who's paying for it? We <laughs> are. Anyway. Apparently one of them said Chinese food. Send they sent them to the China. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, up next, we have city council races. So far, nobody's showing up to vote in the primaries. Do, a, we, have a,
1: do we have a cricket sounder back there? A person?
2: dismal turnout. Uh, election day is Tuesday. These are your primaries. The general election is in November. And maybe you've got a scratch sheet of some of the races you're following. I'm certainly involved personally in some of the races. Uh, but in some of the locations, it's getting down and dirty. It's like a novella. It's like a soap opera. It's like a major heavyweight battle. We'll critique all of that. Left versus right. Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Slewa, exclusively here at WABC.
0: It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. it's the left versus the right it's a 77 wabc debate heavyweight slugfest 77 wabc
1: everybody was kung fu fighting those kids were fastest lightning in fact it was a little bit frightening but they fought with
2: Earlier this morning, uh, <clears throat> Anthony Weiner I was in the gymnasium of Queens College. A lot of our listeners uh, went there, graduated there. Seinfeld. Right, Seinfeld. Uh, the former man who had your name, Michael Weiner, but decided that was not tough, so he decided to call himself Mike Sad. Michael Savage. Well, <laughs> he's disappeared and uh, just been dissipated into the abyss. But... I was in the gymnasium packed with Asian families, some white, some black, some Hispanics, but mostly Asian families from all different kind of Asian countries. And they were having a martial arts competition, which I visited. It's not a political event. But you see, to candidates, you can't just go when you want people's votes because they know right away. Where have you been? So I got an invitation. And I've been at a, quite a few of these martial arts events because that's part of the Guardian Angel training. A few of our members were participating in the contests, the katas, uh, the demonstrations. And you, you just make the rounds and you let people know. That and by the way, another
1: smart political thing is oh, don't show up at the traditional thing. I know people that go to Democratic Republican clubs every month. No, you show up in places that people don't expect to see a politician. And you just kind of, you say hello. You don't make a big production out of it. No, you
2: don't want to be introduced. Uh, It's a lot easier for me because they obviously see me there with the red beret and the red sateen jacket. But that's part of what you do to ingratiate yourself to a community. Too many of people who are seeking office think you can just show up. And right away, everyone's going to be all for toots over you. Oh, this candidate showed up, and they'll say, oh, I'm going to vote for you. They don't even remember your name. You got to go out there. You got to be in the community. You got to attend meetings, community board meetings, all the things that a lot of candidates don't want to do unless they were born on third base, and uh, they are a product of nepotism. Other than that, it's a lot of hard work. So we have a series of primary elections for the city council. That so far nobody has shown up to vote. Nobody has shown up to vote. Everybody because it's,
1: er- it's just so that your listeners—it's early voting. If you haven't heard, it's early voting is already underway. It actually is
2: almost done. Right, but you would think. Wait a second. The primaries never used to be done in June, right after the kids are let out of school. You do them after Labor Day, and then it's the sprint towards the general election in November. That always worked out better. You got a hold summer to campaign. We were the exception to the rule, though. Most states didn't do it
1: that way. Most states had earlier primaries. I remember California used to have one in February. So, like, candidates, if they were in a, a heavy Democratic or Republican district, they were done campaigning almost halfway through their
2: term. But whether I'm for some of these candidates or opposed to them, it's really not fair. To them and their supporters, and the people who really—you got to dedicate your life. You got to go door to door. You get treated like a Mormon missionary. You get treated like uh, you know you're from the Jehovah Witness with a watchtower. People slam the door in your face. They probably say, "I never vote. I never. You're a bunch of crooks." Now, imagine you go through that for a few hours. You want to go home. You, you want to you soil yourself, right? You want to take a hot shower and say, "Will it ever get better?" Will somebody actually open up the door and say, "Oh, thank God, you're actually coming to solicit my vote?" Gee, I'm interested in finding out where you stand on this. It's almost an endless. And look, I've had that happen to me. It's like, "Yeah, hey, oh, I, don't, I don't vote. I don't vote. Yeah, I like you, Curtis, but I don't vote." Don't uh, slam. It is a humiliating process, but there are some races. Oh, by that- the way, door to
1: door is bad. But you know what's really bad? You do a subway. You get up at five thirty to get out there at six. You're there from six to eight, and then, as you know, you've got to pick up all the stuff that people threw on so, the ground and right
2: in front of you. So too. you're
1: like peeling these things off of urine-stained steps, and you think, and you got to do it yourself because no one wants to see you letting your staff do it. No. You got to be there, and and if you don't, if you miss one, there's always some Karen who's saying, "Oh yeah, you make a mess, but you won't clean it up." So yes, there's a lot to be said for um, for uh, how how the campaigning itself filters out
2: candidates. They treat candidates the way they did in the beginning of COVID if you didn't have a mask on. It's the candidate doesn't have the mask. They, they, they move away from you. They run away from you. They, they make sure they, they, their earbuds are in. The moment they see you, they don't even want to make eye contact with you as if you have flesh eating uh, Ebola virus. But, but you know who does want to talk to you?
1: The wackadoodles, the yes. guys that are, that are one fry short of a happy meal, they yep. want to sit and talk to you. And it takes you only a couple of seconds to realize, oh, this, this, I'm going to get stuck here.
2: And they always have paperwork. Yeah. Uh, paperwork. Anthony, yes, uh, yeah. You got to read this. Right, this is, right. this is my manifesto. And if it's you follow cut this pasted right.
1: pasted from articles from the 1980s. Yep, and
2: they yep, won't yep. let you engage anyone else. And they're in your face. And it's uh, they haven't taken a shower right, in right, like right. a month of Sundays. Oh, but anyway. Do you have any particular races that you've looked at in this election cycle?
1: i I have to tell you, so we do have a primary where whom and I live we have a primary, but it's not a real primary it's just a, a name that's up I live in in uh carlina uh, Rivera's district. I have not seen i've said, look, I'm a little bit curious about the race up in Harlem where uh, where Yusuf Salam is running. That seems to be an interesting race. But it seems like most of the fun is on the Republican side in Southern Brooklyn.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, Southern Brooklyn and the Bronx. So let's take Southern Brooklyn first. So we have had Ari Kagan come on, who used to be a Democrat, who decided to convert to become a Republican. And it's his district, Justin Brannon. Uh, basically, they did a little reconfigurating uh, of the district. It will be a very tight race if, in fact, Eric Kagan can get through this primary. Who has, and it's not a given, by the way, that he no, will. He no. he's,
1: he's, he's being challenged. Who has in the final district, as it's been redrawn, whose district, who who has more constituents from their old district?
2: Basically, like, 50-50. Really? That's uh-huh. why it's so interesting. And they're right. both already in city council. But this woman, Anna Delphus, who uh, says, you know, she's here to save the district from Eric Kagan. She called him on WABC a communist. Now remember. Nicole Maliotakis is, is backing him. Her mother, a Cuban refugee who fled Castro, right? You think Nicole would back him? Me, I'm spending all my time trying to defeat socialists all over the place. You think I'm going to support a communist? So she figures
1: that will resonate. Also, she doesn't understand who lives in Brighton. Those no. are not the communists. Those no. are the people, by and large, whose parents fled the communists.
2: Exactly. And plus, she's from Staten Island. She doesn't live in the district. And she actually said to everybody, you know, I wouldn't get vaccinated, so I lost my job as a teacher. Hey, oh my God. And we find out she hasn't taught class since 2015. The woman is a <laughs> fraud. Was the Spanish flu. We're right? All the woman is a total <laughs> fraud. the bird flu. Whereas you you, you know Justin Brown as much as I don't like him. He's a good candidate. Right. He knows. Right. And Ari Kagan has been to awards. So the, the primary will take place. We'll see who wins. But then clear the deck. This is going to be a great run if Harry Kagan actually gets to Anadelophis and one other young man. Then you look to the 13th district in the Bronx. This is a novella. This is a soap opera. I won that district running for mayor. Zeldin won it. So it's the last hope anywhere in the Bronx that a Republican can win. You have Marjorie Velasquez, who is the sitting, a city councilwoman. She had campaigned that she would never, never, never uh, support upzoning, you know, where you could basically take a residential where, where
1: What part of the Bronx is this?
2: This is Throgs Neck. This is Morris uh, Park, City Island, yes, that whole area. So really, it's a mixture. It's still yeah. mostly yeah, Democrats, yeah, yeah. but it's moderate Democrats. So the big issue there was upzoning. So right before the vote, before city council, because, you know, they generally defer to the city council person there. And she had said, I am opposed to upzoning. Eric Adams uh, and some of the others lobbied her. The last second she said, it's okay, you can upzone my district. So now you got Republicans and Democrats, especially homeowners who, like, hate this woman. Now you have a Republican opportunity to take that seat. Everybody acknowledges that. The. uh, Republican uh, chairman is a guy named Mike Randino. Out of all the good Republicans, and I know them all, he picks his sister, who's never been involved, knows nothing about the district, hmm. against this George Havernick and this woman, Samantha Zurgis, who's appeared with Sid, and oh, my God, she has dropped bombs on this Mike Randino. Oh, my God. First of all, the guy doesn't. As chairman, you're supposed to live in the borough. He lives in Garden City. Oh, yeah. He makes all kinds of and money this is,
1: this is like the Benedetto represents it in the assembly. It's that. Yeah, it's yeah. a fairly conservative. Yeah, moderate it's Democrats. winnable. It's
2: winnable for a Republican. Right. And though. people yeah. have said Slewell won it. Zelda won it. It's winnable. But you got to understand, Mike Rendino does everything to lose. Election. He hasn't won an election ever. So he picks his sister and they won't say. She doesn't even know the issues. I'm supporting George Havernack. He's been there 40 years. Samantha Zurgis has made her pitch. She ran for state Senate, did relatively well. He picks his sister. And they said, why your sister? I didn't want her to run. I left the room. It was the executive uh, commission that made the decision. But who
1: cares who the party in endorses? Really? Does the party no. really help out that much no. in the primary? And, and again, you have a majority of
2: Democrats. You must get moderate Democrats if Republicans are going to win most of these races. If you don't, you're going to lose. So is she get a primary also, this woman? Uh, Marjorie Velasquez, yeah. yes. And I'm actually supporting one of the Democrats, Irene Estrada uh her, She's got two daughters in the police department. She's opposed to upzoning. So people are saying, you endorsing a Democrat? I said, yeah, may the best man or woman win you in probably the general want, election. Oh, if,
1: you, if you're purely looking at it for partisan place, you probably want Velasquez to survive, get dinged up but survive, and then make it a referendum on her in the general election.
2: Yeah, and if the referendum is there, they hate her. They hate right. this woman because of what she did. But that gives you an idea of the internal battles. My conclusion is, because I've worked with a lot of Republicans, most of them who are in charge, they basically run to lose. Perfect example, right? You have Darcell Clark, who is the DA in the Bronx. She is the female version of Alvin Bragg. Everybody agrees with that. So the county chairman, Republican Mike Randino, actually said publicly, she's done a very good job as district attorney. Uh, Mike, are you running a candidate for district attorney? no. Gee, because you're so crooked, maybe that's a guarantee that she's not going to investigate you and indict you. It's all you scratch my belly, right, I scratch right. yours. Then look at Staten Island. Yeah, Mike McMahon, the Democrat, used to be congressman, used to be city councilman. He is the DA. They've had an incredible rise of crime. You would think the Republicans, they're in the majority in Staten Island. They would at least run a candidate.
1: Yeah, here's the thing. Well, that's very different. I mean, in 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 the Bronx, it, it would be a fool's errand to run countywide in the Bronx. Someone should do it to make the case, but a Republican can't win it. A Republican definitely could win countywide in, in, Absolutely. In, in, in Richmond. Except here's the thing. For years and years and years, Richmond County has been different than every other part of the city. The Republicans and Democrats, they all basically get along and work everything out. It's a very strange kind of dynamic. With the exception of a city council race here and there, by and large – you know the Republicans and Democrats get along very well out there. Yeah. Mean, they 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 do yeah, these types. Stretch, of... Uh, you scratch my
2: belly, a I scratch yours. A Look, bit. Republicans, if they're to to have any kind of an impact in New York City, must run to win. You don't run to win; you're guaranteed to lose. So what you accept is patronage. Uh, the uh, by the way, the Department of Elections, right? The Board of Elections.
1: What do they do? Can you explain to me, Anthony, what they do? You mean the Campaign Finance Board
2: or the Board of Elections? No, I understand the Campaign Finance Board, which gives you like eight to one matching. No, but also they're
1: supposed to publicize these races. The people that are not, you mean in terms of of, of getting
2: out the message that there are elections this year, that's a Campaign Finance Board. But what do they do all year long? There are not elections. You have a Board of Elections. It's all patronage appointees, Democrats and Republicans. We're the only state, the only city left with this arcane measure that's just a patronage mill, I asked the question, even of people who were in the board of election, what do you do all year? There's not elections all year. Well, you know, there's a lot of paperwork to do. It's freaking no-show jobs. And, and the directors get $200,000 a year to grow barnacles on their backside. And look, look at the turnout. You really, you're proud of the job. You look at the turnout. You don't want turnout because you want the status quo. Come on, Anthony, you know this. Uh, I,
1: and I, and I, you know, by the way, you try to get some data out of their website or anything like that. It's like from the day of the flood, those things are. I'm, I'm with you. The Board of Elections has been a problem forever. It's a state agency. I, I, when I campaigned for mayor, I said, listen, just give us complete control over, but, over these things. Look it, at, look in other out.
2: states, you show up, you have a few signatures, a few hundred signatures, or you have some money, you run. We want more people running, not less people. Right. I want more parties, not Even less parties. Even though,
1: city council time, you realize a lot of people are running for the 8-1
2: to one match to put their brother-in-law on and everything else. Or, as uh, in the case of the Bronx one Rendino, we're going to lose this, but we're all going to eat. I'm going <laughs> to feed my people. In the words of Shelley Silver, hey, we'll make a deal, but remember, I got to feed my people. They
0: run to lose. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC.
2: Create a new nickname for WABC. Second Chance WABC. Whether it's an opportunity to broadcast, Anthony, you were given that. O'Reilly was given that. Dominic Carter was given that. People who would never be given an opportunity to broadcast because of what happened to them personally. John Well, that's true. And
1: it's true for producers. Producers who know nothing about music, we still give them a chance. Yes, of course. Although I love
2: love this song by the new cool in the gang. But uh, there have been a parade of individuals who have come in and out here at WABC. And John believes no matter what kind of problems they've had, they're entitled to a second chance. Whether it's to get back into the flow politically or maybe if they're good enough. To be a talk show host or at least a guest on the many shows here at WABC. So this past week, the announcement was made that Jim McGrady, the former governor of uh, New Jersey, was thinking about possibly running in Jersey City for mayor. Since Steve Fulop has said he's leaving and he's running for the governor because uh, Murphy is term limited. So. ironically, just yesterday, John texts me and says, are you around? Hey, what's the likelihood that I'm (laughs) around? I said, yes. And who does he bring downstairs? And he shows all of our facilities. Crooked Joe Crowley, who lost to AOC. My friend Joe Crowley. Right. I have no idea what uh, he was doing other than getting a tour. But he's obviously looking for a new opportunity because, let's face it, He took a humiliating defeat to Uh, AOC. He's a
1: successful lobbyist, isn't he?
2: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You can only lobby so much. How much of this money are you going to take with you when you die, Anthony? You know what what lobbying is? It's whining, dining, and pocket lining. So now you gave advice to Andrew Cuomo. He obviously didn't take it, did not take it, and he is, uh, the best thing, he's treading water. Whatever he's going to do, he wouldn't listen to you or anybody else. What would you suggest to Jim McGreevy who hasn't yet said, he said, I'm going to make my decision in the summer?
1: Well, it's a much easier thing for Jim McGreevy. For one thing, I don't talk at all about my history. Because most people who are going to be voting today could not remember with the foggiest n- n- notion who Jim McGreevy was. Anyone who's going to attack him, he says, Yes, I I had to resign because. I was struggling with my sexuality. It turned out I was gay. I came out as gay. I was having a relationship with others. And then he said, and I've also been working at, he's been working at a prison ministry or something like that. The guy's got an amazing story to tell. Um, But I think he's going to find that if he thinks people are going to ride his name, like a lot of people are going to remember Jim McGreevy. I'm not sure that they will. I mean, I'm surprised sometimes people remember my name. But I think he's in a really good position. Jersey City is very progressive, right, isn't it? I think it's Very very, very progressive. Also, it skews younger. It's a lot of people that can't afford to live in Long Island City wind up living in
2: Jersey City. His problem, though, is your same problem politically. Whereas one time you were considered liberal and progressive within the Democratic ranks, now they would consider you a blue dog Democrat. Yeah, a little bit. So, Jim McGreevy is now in a bastion of liberal progressives, young men, young women, who've been making their bones. They've been waiting for an opportunity to run. True, true. Uh, Fuller's been there a while. Right. So, McGreevy sort of like just arises, not doing anything politically in Jersey City. And you know, instinctively, they're going to say, wait a second, it's our time, it's our turn. Why are we recycling these guys who now, already I don't had their know, shot?
1: I don't know enough about municipal politics in Jersey City, but if it's a busy race and you just need a plurality, I don't know. I don't know if they have a runoff or what. He's he might might from enough of it, from old, slightly older voters. Remember, he's he's gay; that's popular. He's worked with with uh, you know in in criminal justice reform and prison and prison life. I don't know. I think he's got a good story to tell.
2: I know Hudson County, the most corrupt. County in America run by Bobby Menendez and now his son, the most crooked U.S. senator, well, of many way, Men- crooked U.S. Menendez senators. is
1: back under investigation. Yes, of man, course. Oh,
2: he's he's always, he, i mean, he's always looking to get uh, greased. You have to basically pay tribute to Bobby Menendez. Nothing happens in Hudson County, but if you do that, you now alienate these new young Democrat liberal progressives. Now you're right—if they all decide to eat each other's own babies it opens up a lane for Jim McGreevy. But if they decide, no, 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 no old school ways anymore. Bobby Menendez, stay in Washington. You got your son here now. You know, it's a new day, a new way. Who is this guy, McGreevy? Never saw him before in Jersey City. That's when I think if they come up with one or two candidates, they can knock them right out of the box.
1: But if a guy a guy says I've been devoting the time since I dropped out of politics to helping out the less fortunate,
2: well, let me give him, le- let me give him a little advice. He was part of the five o'clock roundtable discussion, and the other day he left early. Well, yeah. You know, like at uh, five forty-five. You know, as a politician, you never leave early. Every moment you have on the microphone. You take. You walk out, you will lose. Always broadcasting Curtis.
0: It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest. 77 WABC.